Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast. I'm Simon Chiskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we'll, we will be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors and drama that you will want to hear about. And it is Sunday night, it is late as hell and we just spent a full day watching football for the first time since like January or whenever the hell the NFL season normally ends. And God was it fun, God was it tiring. We're going to try and recap it all and uh, try and hit under 30 minutes. We agreed that was going to be the plan. Because last week we spent two f- hours talking about football. I already swore in the first minute. I'm killing it this week. Oh, like man, <laughs> there's the Seahawks lost this week. There's going to be significantly more swearing. R-rated, um, so. <laughs> R-rated uh, trick play episode. But any yeah, any time, gonna... any time the Seahawks <laughs> lose, it will be an R-rated trick play episode for sure. Yeah, and we're gonna try and touch on some other topics this week. There's some stuff going on in the MLB. College football's back going. Um, what else did I talk about? Debrinkit. Debrinkit said some stupid crap about, uh, Ottawa that we'll talk about in the NHL. Supposedly. 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 <laughs> We're going to talk about other stuff this week. It's going to be great. Football isn't the only sport. You ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, like Simon said at the top of the podcast, the first order of business this week is the NFL, um, kicked off this week i have watched way too much football in fact i'm watching football right now as we record this well if you know what happened to the sunday night game you know that i don't really need to pay too much attention to that but not to get ahead of myself um but yeah we'll go through the games one by one we're going to try to keep it really quick we're not going to do another two-hour segment um so we're just going to go give our initial thoughts on the game and then move on because i think we have like 13 games to get to nobody's got a bye week yeah so uh we're just gonna start it off okay simon number one lions chiefs thoughts um it was an interesting game i don't know if anybody i i had a lot of people tell me they thought that they uh called the fact that the lions would beat the chiefs i don't believe any of it (laughs) it was uh it was a fun game though from what i remember watching it I, uh... who, who called it? I did. I called it. Oh, and did I you call record it? Of it? Oh, oh, right. You did call it. Never mind. No, I was thinking of a. I know another guy who called it, but yeah, you're right. You did call it. I did not. I absolutely got that one wrong fully, and I will fully admit to that. But uh, it's an interesting game. Patrick Mahomes absolutely crapped the bed. Um, wasn't really his fault. The whole team kind of sucked. He had no receivers. Kadarius Tony had brick hands. The game's slowly coming back to me as I talk more and more about it, but um, oh, I don't even know what else you can touch on. Kadarius Tony sucked. I mean, Mahomes screwed yeah. me in fantasy. What else is there? <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty much it. I mean, I mean, it's not like the Chiefs played an exceptionally bad game. Like their defense was no. really good. Um, it's just that when Mahomes doesn't have Kelsey and his receivers are either young and inexperienced or playing really poorly, um, then they're going to they're gonna lose games. Um, but the thing is with the Chiefs is that, like I said in the AFC preview, they have a tendency to start off a little bit slow. So if you're a Chiefs fan, don't worry. Um, it's not like you're going to like miss the playoffs or whatever because you lost this first game to the Lions. The Lions, as we know now, are a really good team, and they lost by one point in a really close game with some plays that, with the bounce of a ball, could have gone different. Um, 
it's definitely not something I'd be too alarmed. But uh, the pick on Mahomes. It was Brian Branch. Brian Branch. Yeah, that pick was nuts. That was an insane, insane catch. I think if we learn, if you can take anything from this game, it's not that the Chiefs are necessarily a worse team. It's that it's just how good the Lions are going to be this year. They're going to be an insane. They're going to be a hard team to beat in the NFC. And the thing is with the Chiefs, obviously they're going to suck more with Kelsey gone. And despite some, I heard some rumors that he might be out for the season. That was a scare for a like, no. solid 10 seconds. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. He's not now. I was I was going to lead into that. There was, there was a report that came out that the Chiefs were scared that he might have. I don't remember what the injury was, but um, they were scared that it was going to be a season-ending injury. And then it came back to just be a deep bone bruise. So he will be back for next week, they're saying. Which is good for anybody who picked him on fantasy. I know the second I said that they were scared about a season injury, everybody who took Kelsey at number five crapped their pants yeah. in fantasy. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he'll be back next week. Chiefs will be back to chiefing. Not yeah, much who, to take from they? the game other than that, I don't think. Who, who do they play next week? The Chiefs will probably have a nice rebound game. Ooh, they play the Jags, so maybe not. That ain't a rebound game. game. That's a, that's I, gonna not, be a that's tough not game. A rebound game. Yeah, um, but still, um, even with that, it's not like they're even if they lose that game, they're not too much of a concern. All right, do you want to move on to the yeah, next? game? I have a the, lot more they, to say about this game. Bengals Browns. Okay. Obviously, a lot more fresh. I. Uh, I got up at I got up at like ten, which is earlier than a normal Saturday Simon or Sunday Simon likes to get up on. But interesting game. It was an interesting one to watch because, despite what the score might say, I didn't think the Browns were that at all impressive either. They didn't look, especially Deshaun Watson. He was pretty crap. Like there's one pick that I've seen already meme memeified to the goddamn moon where he threw it. Absolutely nowhere near a receiver went right to a corner. I don't remember who made it. Oh, yeah. I, you I probably saw don't that. remember the one I'm talking yep. about. And then the Bengals just couldn't score anything because uh, I, I was watching Red Zone because that's the easiest way to watch all of these games at once because I, I knew we'd talk about it. I wanted to be able to have at least something to say about every game. And it kind of crossed, started, it started hitting me around like, I started like, it started at like 10, I think. Around 11, I was starting to think to myself, like, God, I've hardly seen the Bengals. They've they haven't popped up once, and then like and then they finally pop up, and I see the scoreboard, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Because <laughs> they just they just couldn't score. They just kept going out. Like they obviously, like I said, yeah. I was watching Red Zone, so I didn't watch enough of it to really see what was happening. I don't know if you were, but I mean, God, some <laughs> week one uh, week one shakes or whatever the hell you want to call it. Something went wrong for the Bengals. Well, Cincinnati had this last year, too. They lost their first game to the Steelers last year, too. Um, so it's not... It was the Steelers and, like, Mitch Trubitsky. So it's not like they're all that foreign to losing games in the their first game to a team they should beat. Um, that's not exactly that rare for them. Um, however... It, it is a little concerning that their offense couldn't get going. It was also a bad weather game. Um, the rain True. was just pouring in Cleveland today. And I do think it is a, it's a credit to the Browns' defense. The Browns' offense just did enough to win. It's not like, again, like you said, they were playing exceptional. Um, but this Browns' defense nice has lots of talent. Job, but that was kind of it. 
on the offensive yeah. side of the ball for them. Like <sighs> Watson just did enough. It was as simple as that. I uh, yeah. from what I did see from him, I didn't really see anything impressive. We saw a little bit of his movement in the pocket, a little more, little bit of vintage Watson. I think we saw a little bit of that, but uh, just. Like he he missed more throws than I feel like he impre- missed more impressive throws than he made and it was just who knows maybe he'll have a better game next week who knows I I know a lot of people are still hoping for him to return to that form he sure as hell wasn't it tonight or this afternoon or yeah. whenever the hell that game happened for you we can move on though to yeah. the Texans and Ravens first rookie quarterback of the day we'll be talking about in C J Stroud what do you think um. So I think a I think it's really interesting that his first pass is to himself. That um, was cool. So yeah, that that's that was uh, I, we saw that a couple times. I don't remember who the you other did. person was. It was I think it was uh, I think Ritter. it was Ritter. Yep, I think it was, it was Ritter. Ritter. Um, but yeah, he's up there with Brett Favre as people who have completed their first pass to themselves, and hopefully yep. his career goes as well for his sake. Um, Maybe all the stuff after the career. We don't want to get into that. Um, but yeah, let's not do that. Um, Skip that. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, don't don't do that. Um, but <laughs> just just yeah, like, I thought it was keep your money you make in your career. You can do the rest. You don't do the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of what I saw, again, like all of this is with the caveat of like most of this is on red zone because we're not at this point analyzing the tape from every single game. But the bits and pieces that I saw. Um, CJ Stroud looked very much like a rookie quarterback. He made some stupid decisions. Um, there was one where he just like was running to the side and any smart quarterback just throws that away and he just cross body threw it to the middle of the field and almost got picked off. Well, Um, the funny thing with that one, because I know the exact play you're talking about and I remember watching it and just even as a fan, I remember watching him run towards the sideline. And you could you it was a good enough angle that you could kind of see his eyes move downfield, and he started to move his arm back, and I was like, "Ooh, we're about to see a highlight play from Stroud here," because he he clearly sees someone open. You watch the ball go through the sky, and then it's a guy who's being covered like triple covered. <laughs> like I like the thing is when you do see a veteran make that play, it's because somebody is wide open. They have room to make a mistake because unless you're Patrick Mahomes or like Jesus Christ. There's not a chance you can throw 30 yards accurately on the run cross body. That's not happening, right? So, obviously, it kind of speaks to the confidence he has early, but we definitely saw a lot of jitters from C.J. Stroud. I definitely, I don't think it would be a controversial statement that he was probably the most, like, unimpressive rookie we saw today. Yeah, Bryce Young so, wasn't. But... Bryce Young wasn't very good either and we'll get into that when we get to the Panthers game but I still feel he showed like he showed promise him. he showed yeah. promise um speaking of rookies though I'll flip it to the other side um before we move on to our next game just want to give a shout out to Zay Flowers who oh, yeah. did really good for Baltimore um nine catches for se- 78 yards he looked quick like he um could be like Again, Baltimore with receiving talent is something to be scared of. OBJ played a pretty good game, um, drew a couple pass interferences, made yep. um, pretty impressive, couple pretty impressive catches. Like he looks like he's back, and hasn't too, missed too much of a stride. And Zay Flowers looked like a really promising rookie that maybe should have been drafted higher. Who knows? But oh, overall, quick. good win for the Ravens. Oh yeah, like he looked really good. Um, 
good win for the Ravens. The Texans kept it close, like closer than I thought they would be. Like they were only down one and a half, but um, the Ravens did what they needed to do and pull it out in the second half. Oh, hey, pulling games out in the second half. Oh boy, I want. Do good teams do that? I don't know. We'll get to that. Okay, anyway, you wanna? I'm not. I'm not salty at all. Vikings. <laughs> this was a weird game because. I, I can tell you with 100% confidence that I sat through this entire game and I watched all of it, and I still honestly don't feel like I have much to say about it. It just kind of happened. It was it was a boring game. Like, uh, Justin Jefferson had a great game. We saw a lot from him. The rest of the Vikings sucked. <laughs> it felt like that whole offense was kind of being carried by him for a little bit there. The Buccaneers were kind of interesting. Like, uh, as, some, as a... a fantasy owner of mike evans uh, i can tell you that he was invisible for the first half and scaring me a little bit turned around in the second half but i mean mayfield gets his first uh start win as a starter with the buccaneers maybe that's a sign of maybe sign of something good he wasn't that impressive either though this week so i don't know i don't have well, a lot to say i don't know I don't, I don't know May, mayfield the fact that mayfield okay like i i don't think we can understate how um, impressive it is, though, that the Buccaneers came out after everybody says they're going to be garbage and they beat a playoff team like the Vikings, who went 13-4 and four last fair, year. Yeah. That is impressive from the Bucks. And Baker Mayfield, well, he didn't have the most amazing game. Um, he still played really well. He's still putting his heart and soul into every snap. Um, the play that I saw where he like put his shoulder down into a couple guys to try and get a first down. Um, it's true. Like he's yeah. he's play, he's still playing with his heart on his sleeve, and that is when you see peak Baker Mayfield. And I think this Bucks team, maybe we've been underrating them a little bit. Um, it's definitely an interesting start, and it's a really good first quality win for them to have. The Vikings, it's a little bit of a scary uh, start to they the season. You certainly want to certainly want to see that offense get a little bit more um, on track, but. I don't know, when you got jerseys that good, maybe you'll be fine anyways. Those jerseys were sick. Those are um, sick they look e- They look even better on the field than they did like in all the promotional pictures and when we were talking about it in that one segment. Um, the Vikings looked really good. Not in if terms the of their play on the field. Vikings are good at anything, it's making good jerseys. It, yeah, this is true. Um, yeah. speak, but before we move on to the next game, speaking of the Vikings, the last part of the John Boyce documentary on the history of the Vikings came out and it is, um, amazing. Like we all knew it would be, but, um, watch it. It, my previous shout out didn't make you go do that anyways. Okay. Panthers, Falcons, what do you think? This was one of the games uh, that I thought was the most interesting out of all the ones I watched. I think. Yeah. So I thought that. Um, uh, Bryce Young again looked like a little bit of a rookie quarterback. I honestly, I did not see the two interceptions, so I don't know how bad they were. I was off doing. Okay. I was watching I, Red Zone, but I, I was off doing something else. Can I? Okay, I'm gonna. I want to talk on that actually, because uh, if you didn't see him, I want to get into it a little bit because it okay. was a little scary because he made. I just to give a little bit of emphasis on the first one. The first one happened, and I was like, okay, that's a rookie quarterback. Like, any quarterback would have made that throw, would have gotten picked off. It was just, it was a slant, wide receiver running across the middle, threw it, linebacker got got to it first. Classic pick. Like, it was, there's nothing special about it. It was very regular, right? And then, 
I think it was in the third quarter. I'm looking at my phone and I look up and they're throw and they're showing a replay of the last of uh, Bryce Young's pick, right? And then and then I list, I finally tune into what the commentator's saying. And he goes, actually, no, this isn't a replay. I know that might be what you're thinking. This is the second pick he just threw. He made the same mistake twice. Because <laughs> it was the it looked identical. Everything about it. Same linebacker was in the same spot. Same route by the wide receiver. I think it was the same wide receiver. And it was Jesse Bates twice. So it wasn't a linebacker. I just forgot it was Bates twice until just now. Safety, whatever. But it was not pretty. I The second that I saw that happen, because... Obviously, you make that mistake once, all right. It happened, move on. It's when you make it a second time that, at least personally, I start to get a little scared. Because uh, I don't think it's a sign of anything. I think he'll shake it off. I still think he'll probably be either the one of the best or the best rookie quarterbacks this season, easily. But, uh, like, other than those picks, he looked absolutely fine. His accuracy was definitely there. And uh, he looked like everything that he was promised to be, just... I don't know, the Panthers, other than him, he nobody was really that impressive. The Falcons looked like a very, very good team, actually. I was pretty impressed by them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, other than that. Um, the one thing, so the, the yeah, I, I'd agree with everything you said for Bryce Young. Um, it is a little concerning for him to make that same mistake twice, but the drive that I saw him the most on when he led them for a touchdown in the first quarter, he looked pretty yep. good. Like, he was picking his spots. He looked really accurate. That's the kind of mistake that you probably sit down in the film room and are like, okay, you made this mistake twice. Let's not do that again. And then he <laughs> yeah. probably gets it out of his game at a certain point to the extent that he can. Um, on the Falcons' side, um, Desmond Ritter, very um, efficient, but not a lot of production. 15 of 18 for 115 to yards. To be fair, really- that running game for Atlanta was lethal. Yeah, I was gonna get into yeah. that. Um, like uh, B- that was the thing that looked, was super impressive. Bijan looked really good. He, w- the touchdown he, is insanely yeah. impressive. The move he had. Um, but the one thing that I thought great. was impressive was uh, I. I will admit right now, before just in case I do end up saying something stupid here, and you can catch me if I do. But uh, coming out of college, I did not think see Bijan Robinson as the as a type of like receiving running back. Obviously, he wasn't going to be bad. No, he is. He is. He, he is? is. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm coming out of college. Yeah. 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 Okay, he well, he was. I'll that's part of him. why he <laughs> he was such a special player is because he is very much an all around like freak type of player. He can do it all, no matter where you play. Okay. Him. Well, I don't watch um, college football. Whatever. Screw off. Okay. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I thought it was insanely impressive how he was able to just instantly fall perfectly right into where care where sorry uh, the Falcons needed him. Where, like, obviously we saw, I don't know how to say his name, like Algiers, is that right? Algiers? Yep. yep. Algiers? Algiers. Okay, Algiers. He was very much going to be the main running back in the red zone, main running back, just like, uh, whatever you want to call it, running down the field. So Robinson said, hey, I'm going to make my own role. And he went out there and he did what he needed to do to still get on the board. And he looked insanely impressive. And that impressed me a lot. Because I think most of the times when we see rookies struggle, it's usually because somebody else took their role and all of a sudden they have to try and adapt to something else and they just can't do it. We, we yes. saw Bijan like, just fall instantly, perfectly, right into where Atlanta, him, Atlanta needed him to be. He looked great. 
Not not much yeah, he, else I got to say other than that. I thought Yeah, he was, definitely he definitely did. Um I would we spent a lot of time on this game. I, it is one of the more interesting ones, but before we move on, um, uh, an open letter to Arthur Smith. You have one of the best young tight ends in the game. Please throw the ball to him. Please, for the love of God, throw the ball to him. The one time he caught it, it was amazing. It was in double coverage, and he made an amazing catch. And it was a nice catch. He was, he was technically your leading I... receiver with, with two catches for 44 yards. But you should be throwing it to him more than twice. He should can have I, more than tell 44 story yards. Real quick? So uh, sitting in class today in college, and uh, I was talking with one of the people sitting next to me, and we were comparing fantasy teams, as one does, and he tells me that he took Kyle Pitts for the third year in a row. And the first thing he said afterwards, after I started shaking my head at him, was, I am ready to be hurt again, and this is going to be his breakout year. So, if that says anything about the usage of Kyle Pitts throughout his career so far, <laughs> he is—he has all the talent in the world, but they just refuse to get him the ball. They refuse to do anything to try and get him. It's so upsetting. It's they use so him sad. as like a decoy. They use him as a decoy instead of actually throwing him the ball. It is the most like I, 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 Arthur Smith. I understand you're famous for. Um, running the ball with Derrick Henry and being really good at just pounding it down people's throats. But, like, if you have a player like this, just use him. It's not that hard. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it has been disappointing thus far in his career how little he's been utilized, especially as a pass threat. The joke I made to the guy that day when we were talking about him was that he's basically just a second right tackle. Like, half the game, like, he just blocks, and it's so depressing. Because he has yeah. so much talent. But anyway, we should move on to um, probably the most boring game of the day, Cardinals-Commanders. What did you I think? I disagree. Not the you most boring so? of the day. I, um, I was co- impressed by of... the Cardinals. But other than that, that was... I think, I think it's less about being impressed by the Cardinals and being just, oh no, this season might be worse than we thought for Washington. Um, like, I, I don't know, the fact that they barely squeaked out a win against this That's Arizona fair. team, like, I don't know, any time any, any Red Zone switched to them, that Cardinals offense was stuck in the mud. Josh <laughs> Dobbs, again, it was, it was just like Desmond Ritter, um, very efficient, 21 for 30, but you're not getting anywhere with that because it's just small dump-offs going for nothing. It's not like I'm going to expect too much out of him because, again, yeah. they're playing I was going to say, like, from all things considered, he he had been looking at the playbook for what I think was two weeks. I think that's what they like said. Like three weeks, yeah. Three weeks. From what, from just based on that, I was actually fairly impressed that he was able to do anything. <laughs> like, from what we did see of him, I was like, okay, sure. Like, that was enough. I was, yeah. But, uh, like, he did a lot more than I thought he'd do, so on that part, I was impressed. But, uh, yeah, Washington didn't look too good. Like, uh, I I definitely expected this to be, if there was going to ever be a game where Sam Howell was going to look impressive, I thought it would be this game, and he looked very mediocre at best, which disappointed yep. me, because I, I have been saying all offseason that I Sam Howell is the guy that I really want to break out, because... Uh, for not really, I, I just like him as a player, but uh, I was disappointed today, definitely. Yeah, it, it was a disappointing performance, and 
who knows, maybe when they play like an actual NFL football team, <laughs> we'll get a better judge on what he looks like. But, I mean, good win, Washington, if you had lost. I would have been very concerned, and it was looking like you might have for a second. So uh, count your blessings, um, figure out what the hell you're doing, and go play. This, that was preseason week four. Go play a real game next week. Okay, we can move on. Jags Colts. This was okay. an I have a lot to say. Game. I do too. I have a lot to say. Okay. You want to start? Um, first of all, um, I have I have three things. Number one, my favorite play I have the whole year. I haven't seen any of the other games yet, but I already know it's my favorite play of the whole year. Has happened in this game. Um, they go and the Colts go and they sack Trevor Lawrence and it looks like it's just an incomplete pass. It looks like the ball got headed out of his hand and it's just fallen to the ground incomplete. Um, yeah. So Tank Bigsby, the <laughs> yeah, Jags running back, picks it up and he just he just stands there because he just thinks the play is dead, but nobody's blowing it dead. Um, so I think it's DeForest Buckner who has... Yeah, it was Buckner. Uh, no, or no, I think it might be EJ... It's either EJ Speed or DeForest Buckner. Buckner there was two was forced fumbles. Uh, Buckner was the one to pick it up, but I don't remember who... Okay. I don't remember it, who I think it. it might. I think it might have been EJ Speed who punched it the second time. No, but no to have... it wasn't. I, I can't... Crap. Is, it, is there a linebacker named, like, Franklin on the Colts? Um, Something I like that. I do not Crap. know. Crap. Oh. Because I remember, I can picture it in my head. It's like a shot of the sideline. It's like Buckner and then the guy who punched it out. They're like, you know, they, they, they cut to him. It's both of them kind of celebrating together. And they're like, that guy punched it out. That guy ran it in. I was like, okay, cool. Memory did that. But I in my well, brain, like, the name is blurred but, out. But it's like, which one? Because there were two punches out. Um, and I think just having the, no matter who it was, having the wherewithal to... Um, realize that it's not a dead play and still go after Tank Bigsby, who's just standing there not knowing what to do because <laughs> fair. Like, it's such a weird play. And yeah. the fact that they returned it for a touchdown and it still counted and it gave them the lead, amazing. No notes. Um, NFL script writers doing really good to start off the season. Um, sure. a, couple, a couple other things that maybe you can comment on. Anthony Richardson, I thought looked really good, but it was, also, it was also a... Very much, um, what what I kind of expected. Um, yeah, he thinks he's a because back. he thinks he's a running back. That's a big thing. Um, yeah, but the other thing the is, is like the untimely interception. He was really good because his big thing was that he like takes risks and um, he'll win you the game with some amazing play and then turn around and lose you the game with some, like, boneheaded garbage. Um, <laughs> and he was so good at not succumbing to that for the entire game except when it mattered the most. And the the Colts were in this game. They could have won. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But There's a point it was that, that interception. Oh, I did too. But the interception sunk them, and at that point it was pretty much all done. Um, I thought um, Trevor Lawrence apparently came up to Richardson after the game and told him, like, hey, the hits are different in the NFL than they yeah. are in college. Um, yeah. That is – he should take that advice. <laughs> Let's he just should. say that. Well, I mean, he ended up leaving the game because he didn't take, he didn't get that advice earlier. And uh, the the funny thing was it was not a, play, a risk he needed to take. I don't believe they were very close to the end zone when he took that hit. It was just – 
the type of well, thing they were, where... but the game was over. The game was yeah. over at that point. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like it's, it, they were. I don't think they were close enough that even if he had managed to get over this guy, he they would have scored. Like that's what I mean. They weren't close enough. Like he just yeah. he he went for it. Guy landed on his leg. Story of the day. Don't let. Don't do that. <laughs> that was not a. That was not very smart as a quarterback to do. But other than that, I was yeah. pretty impressed. Like, uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's still out. It's not like he has other than Pittman and like a couple of guys, other guys other than that that I honestly don't even know if I could name. If he had a gun to my head, like it's not like he had the most help in the world, and he still was able to make do pretty damn well with it. I think that I'd still say he was probably the most impressive rookie quarterback today. But the he the, played the most above expectations, at least. Yeah, like, uh, but the line's not very high after the the first couple. I can definitely say that. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't incredible. I mean, you you hit it. You said, like you said, he was exactly what you thought he'd be. I was, I mean, he was just as athletic as I think everybody thought he was gonna be. So I guess that wasn't surprising. The rushing touchdown was pretty nice. That was a good play on his end. Yeah. I don't have much else to say other than that. The Col- other than that, the Colts weren't that impressive as a team. I think there was one really nice Pittman touchdown that I can't I think so. I think it was Pittman where he ran it in. That was pretty sweet. But other than that, I can't remember anything other than that. So yeah, Jags looked good. Um, the one thing I'll say before moving on to the next one is ETN shout out Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Oh, and Calvin good. Shout, shout out Calvin Ridley um, for coming back after being away for two years and posting like the best first half numbers in his career, I think, was what the graphic was showing. I think he tailed off a little bit in the second half, but I believe he still cracked 100 yards. Um, oh, yeah. I'm very, very glad I picked him up in fantasy, I believe, in all of the leagues that I'm in. Um, and I'm really, ex- like, I'm rooting for him, man. I think he got jobbed with a gambling suspension. I think it's kind of absurd how long they suspended him for. So I'm hoping he comes out there and destroys the league, and it looks like he's well on his way to doing that as Trevor Lawrence finally has a good number one receiver. Oh, yeah. We can move on to 49ers and Steelers. We are already over 30 minutes, and we have... I can... One, I can two, wrap up three, this. Four, five, and we haven't and we haven't talked about the Seahawks six, yet. Seven, eight. <laughs> we have eight. I can I can I can wrap I can wrap up Niners Steelers in oh, like two okay. seconds if you yeah, want. Yeah, we'll do we'll do um, Niners Steelers. Uh, how about okay. how about this the, Niners? Uh, sure, wrap it up. Niners Steelers, go. Speed run. Um, this this makes me feel incredible pain. The Niners look really good, and I'm very scared. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Pickett sucks. Okay, move on. Um, uh, Titans Saints. Derek Carr looked meh. Tannehill looked terrible. Um, yeah, Tannehill. Okay, the Titans. <laughs> the Titans are look like a very bad football team. Um, like I kind of thought they would be. Again, yeah, Tannehill looked genuinely terrible. Um, they are going to be very, very bad this year. Um, this was a quote and, that I said to somebody else, and I stand by it. Uh, Willis will be starting by week four. Levis will be starting by week five. <laughs> I would not be shocked if that's how <laughs> all of this goes. Like it's it, gonna it's, happen. It's it's going to be a long season for the Titans. Um, for sure. Maybe they can be put in the Caleb Williams conversation because again, the Saints team. I sure hope not. I don't really want to see him on the Titans. Yeah, that's kind of rough. But um, 
Now, the Saints weren't looking too good either. Not only mustering 16 points. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, good job to their defense. They got That's a lot true. of help from like, Canada, uh, but There was a lot of times where I didn't think they looked bad. Like, uh, but I mean, they were exactly what I thought they'd be. Nothing impressive. Nothing necessarily bad. Derek Carr looked like Derek Carr. Like, what else can you say about it, right? We can move on to Raiders yeah. Broncos. Um, okay, Jimmy this G. Is, this is Jimmy where. Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah, this is where I start giving disclaimers that um, I did not really watch. I watched very little pieces of these games because I was instead watching the Seahawks game. Um, But from what I did see, um, Sean Payton is obviously has very little trust in his offense, considering that he onside kicked it to start the game. Um, That was strange. Russell Wilson actually didn't play too badly. 27 for 34, 177 yards and two touchdowns. But the only thing that matters in the end is that they only scored 16 points. Um, Yep. The defense held them to 17. They held them under 20 again like they did all of last season. Um, the offense needs to do better. Um, it looks like it looks like a good. Honestly, like the fact that Russ played that well is a good sign. Yeah. But they need to. They were also playing overall, without Judy. Get better. They were playing without yeah. Judy, which I think is important to point out. I think uh, I think that they're just gonna have to adjust to Sean Payton's system. Maybe that's a little bit of it. They just starting the starting the year a little sleepy. I don't think this is a good sign of how good the Broncos will be. Probably like halfway through the season. I think that they're gonna improve a lot in the next couple weeks. I uh, I I would not take this win that the Raiders got today as really a sign of anything. I'm not I don't I'm not very high on the Raiders. I don't yeah. I don't think I saw anything that necessarily like Jimmy G looked all right. He looked like himself. <laughs> he looked like Jimmy G. He looked yeah. Like meh. there's not much like to he... say about it, right? Like, yeah, uh, it's Jimmy I mean, G. We can move on to Eagles and Jimmy G's old team, the Patriots. Um, okay, this is... I, I did watch some of this. Um, I did, especially too. Especially the end. Um, that is surprising how well the Patriots played. They, um, it was, because uh, Giorno... Their defense <laughs> this should, this should is be legit. A very good their sign. defense is for real. Their defense yeah. is for real. So, I, that, I was about to get into that, because I, I was watching all these games today while looking at my phone and my fantasy team, and right as this game was starting... I was like, who's my defense again? And I go and take a peek, and I'm like, oh, the Patriots. They're not. That's not very good. Why do I have the Patriots defense? Who are they playing this week? Oh, the Eagles. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> that's that's not good. <laughs> uh, I, and I thought I had sewered myself. And despite the Patriots losing, they were pretty damn good. Like, that defense showed up. They showed up ready to play. And uh, Mac Jones looked pretty garbage. He uh, made a couple nice throws, but he was looking like trash to start the game. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what else I... I don't even know if I have anything to say on the Eagles, really. They kind of... Like, I don't remember... Mac Mac Jones, to give him credit, did throw three touchdowns. Um, Those first two picks were atrocious. (laughs) He he only threw one pick. Oh, did he? Oh. Yep. Yep. Um, Why did I think he had two? Okay, that's on me. That's my bad. This was when yeah, I was he, starting. This I, was like in what, the, the point in the afternoon where I'd been sitting in front of the TV for like however many hours. I was out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so yeah. That's I'd, say, I'd say um, good for the Eagles for pulling out the win. Um, they, it's a little bit of a scare for them. 
because they were just expected to, like, I expected them to bulldoze this game. So uh, maybe a little bit of a scare, maybe some things they can improve on next week. But Patriots, good job. You put up more of a fight than I thought, and maybe this Sunday night football game against the Dolphins will be more entertaining than I thought it will be next week. <laughs> okay, yeah, can, well, I we'll see. The, can I bitch about the Seahawks? Okay, go nuts. Fuck, okay. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, they looked pretty, like, decent to start the game. They, they were did. very, yep. they were very, like, okay. The offense started off, I think they scored on their first four drives, um, at, or at least a, a Jason Myers didn't miss a field goal. Um, yeah. But they looked okay, and okay, like, that's exactly what I want to see. This is a very good offense on paper. The receiver talent they have, insane. Um, the offensive line they have, really good. Obviously, Kenneth Walker is really good. Um, and Geno Smith was looking, at least at the start of the game, really freaking good. Um, but then the wheels fell off. And it, so it's it was a tale of two halves. The Seahawks in the second half. And, like, I'm discounting garbage time. Uh, they only had three yards of offense in the second half. And they were outscored, I think, like 23 to nothing. What the f- what the f- what the f- is that? I'm sorry, Editor Simon. I'm s- I'm, I'm a little bit removed from it. I had to go- I had to go anger bike. I just, like, biked up a hill, um, because I was so mad about what had happened. Um, it was one of the most, like, depressing halves of football I think I've ever watched in my entire life. Um... Because it was just like, it just felt inevitable at a certain point. We're getting dunked on by a game, guy named Puka. Puka, Puka Nakua was putting up like Jerry Rice numbers on our asses because we can't get a pass rush. Um, Stafford would just sit back in the pocket all day and pick apart our like weak ass zones. Um, it was just like an awful showing. <laughs> and even to put a little salt in the wound, um, our biggest weakness from last year, the run defense, it actually looked pretty good. Like, we stopped the Rams on the run. It's just that, oh, we focused all of our attention on doing that? Congratulations. We now suck at everything else. Um, <laughs> I am now confirmed a moron for saying the Seahawks would make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I am changing my tune. This team is genuinely awful, and I think they will go 0-17. Um, that was the most uninspired football I think, I'll, I think I've seen in my entire life in the second half of that game, and now we get to play the f***ing Lions. I am so looking forward to getting blown out 50 to f***ing nothing next week um, as Geno Smith goes and buries his head between his ass. Um, plus, we have all of our players got injured. Tyler Lockett got a concussion. Charles Cross b- broke his toe, and Abraham Lucas blew up his knee. Um, looking forward to 2024. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I anyway, just, uh, otherwise, this other, was, otherwise this good was, game. This was when I was fully watching Red Zone at this point in the game. Um, so they were not showing a lot of Rams Seahawks. I was also very much engrossed in my TikTok feed at this point. I was very done with watching football. <laughs> But uh, I just remember, I, I think I, I, for some reason, was not next to my TV. I might have been making a sandwich, and I just got a text from Caleb that just says, I think I'm going to be swearing a lot on the podcast today. <laughs> so I think uh, that pretty much describes the Seahawks game in a nutshell. Um, we can move on. Dolphins, Chargers. I don't have anything to say on the Seahawks game. Kenneth Walker, you <laughs> me. 
Add another swear in there. Kenneth Walker, you sewered me. It also, speaking of Dolphins Chargers, Tyreek Hill, I was playing him in fantasy this week. He picked my whole team up, took me behind the barn, and screwed me to hell, and I lost the whole damn week. I was winning up until that. I was up 20 goddamn points. Tyreek Hill sucks. God damn it. I'm so mad. It is so frustrating. I turned off my phone for 20 minutes, and I turned it back on, and I'm losing by 30. And I was so pissed. I, 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 half the fun of watching, that's what I fully tuned out of these games, by the way. The second that I, it got to that point in the Dolphins game, when Tyree Kill just became the second coming of Christ, and just could catch and ran with everything, I was so mad. God. How many receiving yards did he end up having? Like, 180. Oh, no, 215. <laughs> I think I, I saw something. I saw something on Instagram that said he was on pace for three thousand six hundred receiving yards. Um, that's insane. Uh, good job. You know Dolphins. what hurts? Uh, you know what really, really, really hurts right now? I swear to God, I have like, I think I could have picked him in fantasy over Diggs. I took Diggs over him. I think. Ooh, I rough I choice. I think so. I'm that wasn't very smart. At least I think. Very smart. Oh, God, I'm in pain right now because I really thought I was gonna win this week, and now it's Diggs' turn to bring it back. I'm gonna open my fantasy app right now and show the situation I'm in. It's gonna be one of those Monday night football games where I need 40 points from a receiver. It's gonna happen. It's my prediction for the week. Yeah, I'm currently losing 135 to 109. Um, <laughs> what what am what am what am I looking like right now? I didn't even check. Um, so, right I'm, now, I think I I'm need, losing. I, one second. Oh, I'm quick. winning. Simon, go, go, math. Uh, 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 26. I need 26 points from Diggs to win. So, if... Okay, we're, that's, that's we're doable. Keeping, that's doable, but keep in mind, that we are, I want to say this as many times as possible. I should have said it more at the beginning of the podcast. We are doing this Sunday night. Monday's Jet, Bills-Jets game has not happened yet. So yeah. I guess we'll have to talk about that next week. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, Maybe. it'll be too late at that point. I'm not. I'm not even gonna watch that. I'm gonna be. Well, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be at. I'm gonna be jamming to Beyonce. I'm oh be hell yeah! The Beyonce concert. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Bills Jets. Um, I might watch. We'll see. We'll see what I'm doing. <laughs> see how bored I am. That's a pretty good game, I guess. Maybe I'll it watch is. that actually. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how Aaron Rodgers is. Okay, well, other than uh, Tyreek Hill taking me behind the barn, what did you think on that Dolphins-Chargers game if you even watched it? Um, again, I was too engrossed in being depressed to um, <laughs> pay too much attention to it, but it, it looks like it was a really exciting game. Uh, this is one of the games that I might watch the highlights of later down the line. Um, but from what I saw, it's just like it's two really good offenses going at each other. I'm not that shocked at this result. I'm not that shocked they scored not 70 points combined. Um, the both of these teams are going to be very good, and the Dolphins just got one more play than the Chargers did. Um, these these teams are going to be very good. They're both they they should both make the playoffs, and they um, have a lot of potential for the future. These char- the Chargers. I'm I'm I was very upset that this game was going on at the same time as the Seahawks game because my rule is that I always watch the Seahawks, no matter how interesting the other games are. Uh, but I was disappointed I missed this game because that I, I knew it was going to be um, a close 
a close one, especially given the drama, like Tua versus Herbert, you know, Tua picked over Herbert, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, for sure. But hopefully or, they meet again in the playoffs, maybe. That would be a really good playoff that game. That would be a good game, yeah. We can move on. Packers-Bears, I was super impressed with Jordan Love. I did, I did try and catch as much of this game as I could have, especially considering what he was working with. With I believe it was Christian Watson, wasn't Christian it? Watson was out, yeah. It was an insanely impressive game from Jordan Love. He didn't necessarily... He made a couple throws that were really, really nice. Like, I can think of, like, one or two, maybe, like, three in my head. The rest were not necessarily anything crazy. But it was more impressive to me that he didn't really make any mistakes either. Like, uh, he looked like a vet out there. and he, he played perfectly. Justin Fields didn't really have anything to respond to it. And I, uh, I I think I had the Packers doing... I don't think I had them making the playoffs, but I still had them like doing all right, all things considered. They're in a monster division. But I still had them doing all right, and I'm feeling more confident in that decision after watching yeah, I am. I am feeling less confident in my Packers predictions after this because I had them doing very yeah. poorly. And um, I don't know. It, it, early indications are really good, um, which makes me really upset. Uh, the Packers have already been spoiled enough. Why can't you just suffer um, for a little bit? If they have gotten another Hall of Fame level, obviously too early to say, but if they have gotten another Hall of Fame level quarterback, in no, the are you round, kidding? One game into his career, Favre, Jordan loves Rodgers, MVP. Love. I don't know. It's just <laughs> he he played for a first game. This is really good. Like, oh yeah. Again, it's the fact that he didn't make any mistakes. That is, ri- like, all of these other rookie quarterbacks that we've talked to, Anthony Richardson, back-breaking interception to lose them in the game. C.J. Stroud is throwing passes cross-body into three Ravens defenders. Bryce Young is um, just making the same mistake over and over again. Be- which makes, like, again, you can't fault them too much. It's their first game. Oh, yeah. um, but Jordan Love looks like a pro out there. Can Jordan Who Love knows? still May- technically win Rookie of the Year? I don't know how that works in the NFL. I don't think he could, because he no. still played games. Um but for all intents and purposes, he is a rookie. But who knows? Maybe sitting behind and learning from Aaron Rodgers for three years actually gets you a benefit. Uh, maybe the Packers weren't as stupid as we all thought. <laughs> oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, Cowboys-Giants. This was the oh, game boy. I watched the least. <laughs> this I was the game that the second, it got about halfway through the first quarter, and um, I... Uh, and. Dak had, or whatever had happened, they were up 16 nothing. I think. I was like, I'm going to go walk my dog and do anything else. <laughs> like, because, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a game. It happened. Well, 40 nothing. Not exactly the best uh, Sunday night football game I've ever seen. Um, but uh, it was... Um, it's a... Really good. I think it's more. I, I'm taking it more as a positive sign from the Cowboys than a negative sign for the Giants. It was pouring rain in New York, um, like pouring. Like those, they got some shots of this. Like I think a Saquon had the play where he fumbled it and then it got returned for a touchdown. You can just see him sitting as the rain just like decimates him. Um, <laughs> so the fact that the Giants got shut out, um, I'm gonna choose to say that that's more. Uh, a Cowboys defense thing. This Cowboys defense looks really, really, really good. Um, and I oh, think yeah. they're going to make Simon, Simon's prediction of them missing the playoffs look really stupid pretty soon. Um, <laughs> and Dak, look, Dak looks a lot like better. Um, Mike Tariq and Chris good. Collinsworth. 
Um, we're talking about the transition the Cowboys are making to more of a West Coast-style offense to where Dak isn't taking as many risks as he was before. And I think that is a good and noble cause. I think Dak can play that kind of game really well. Um, we'll see how this goes the whole season. But if Dak has this kind of performance, I mean, it, obviously it's not going to be 40 to nothing every week. But if he can get this kind of play from his defense for the rest of the season, the Cowboys are going to win a lot of games. And they could challenge Philadelphia for this number one spot. Because, again... The Giants were a playoff team last year, so a forty to nothing blowout of them is no joke. Yeah, I I can you you mentioned my prediction for the Cowboys. I I'm definitely hurting a little bit on that one now. Obviously, one game in, uh, Giants did not look good, so maybe that's just a sign on how good or bad, the, mainly bad, the Giants might be this year. Um, if the Cowboys can keep what we saw today up, they will be a monster. And uh, even with how good we saw the Lions being against the Chiefs, I could see that battle for that top spot being pretty nuts between uh, the Cowboys and the Lions. Two very different teams, like just stylistically. I think that'll be a fun game whenever we finally get to see them play. I'm excited for that, yeah. And obviously, like we said, Bill's Jets hasn't happened yet for us. It'll have happened for you. Don't spoil it. That's not how time works. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, before did, we did wrap the mic, this up, did the I camera get that. I just what? knocked my mic onto the ground. Audio viewers, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> that must have sounded like ass. Okay, good segment. <laughs> good segment. Um, good segment. I will 40, say. I will 50. say. Before we move, before we finally end this definitely thirty-minute segment, because we said it would 30 be thirty minutes. minutes, and it is thirty minutes. Um, this is week one. A lot of stuff that a lot we can't. There's a lot of overreactions we can make. Um, we can Cowboys to the Super Bowl, baby! Dem boys, whatever the hell they say. Cowboys going yeah. all the way. That's my uh, prediction. Say, Seventeen and zero. Say, say the Bengals are going zero and seventeen. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs that uh, the Chiefs lost. Like right now, the Washington Commanders have a better record than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Washington uh, to the Super Bowl. All of these things are going to happen. It's week one. Um, A lot of this stuff is just smoke. Um, The good teams steady out as the season goes on. So we'll see how that plays out. Trust the smoke and follow my conspiracy theory podcast where I explain (laughs) how the commanders, how Sam Howell was faking all along. The next 16 games, he's going to go off and have the most elite NFL season we have ever seen from a quarterback. And Dak Prescott is going to go, like, 17-0 and as well or something, which doesn't even make sense considering they're in the same division. And then ev- rainbows everywhere. That's my plan. That's my prediction. <laughs> Put it on a billboard. <laughs> yep. It's going to happen. Um, but what I will say is if the Seahawks... Because uh, the Seahawks play the Lions, Giants, and Panthers, if they can't win at least two of those next games... Um, I don't know what I'll do. I think I might miss a couple podcasts because of just depression. So, um, for those of you who like the podcast, you should maybe cheer for a Seahawks win cheer for, for my Seahawks. sake. Yeah, she's <laughs> gonna start like by like week three. It's gonna be like drinking during the podcast. It's by week five. Gonna be pulling out fucking heroin needles. Like it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a rough oh, man. season. <laughs> Yeah, 
Uh, it's it's looking like that. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Tune in NFL, to watch Caleb's NFL pain is back, for 17 baby. weeks. We got 17 weeks of pain. Let's go. Oh, next NFL, NFL is back. <laughs> NFL is back. And with the with the uh, with the NFL being back, let's finally talk about something else. <laughs> so I'm not the biggest fan of college football. I really only pay attention when there's players that I know are going to the NFL or it's the college football playoff. I'll watch out of interest. But there's something that's been going on in college football recently that has changed my mind on that, and that is Deion Sanders and his electric start with Colorado. Um, Colorado the Colorado program, so again, just to give a, a rundown, if you haven't heard of everything that's been happening, um, so Deion Sanders got his start into coaching um, with... Oh, What's the name of the program again? Oh, um, I don't. I don't remember either. Crap. It's like Jackson State, I believe, is the. That sounds right. It's st- it's a state. Ja- Jackson it's... Jackson Jackson State University. Yep. Oh. Okay. Uh, he got got to start there again. Um, smaller school, but just because of the fact that he's Deion Sanders, was able to recruit some pretty big names there. Travis Hunter, who is like the number two player in the nation. Um, and his own son, um, Shadur Sanders, as the quarterback. They did really well um, there, obviously, um, with that kind of talent. And then he decided to take his talents to um, an actual FBS school um, in Colorado. Now, Colorado went 1-11 last year. They were genuinely terrible. But um, after last week, where they pulled the 45-42 to upset over TCU, who went to the national championship game, and then um, playing against Nebraska, the hype around Colorado is unreal. Dion has got these guys play Like, he has rejuvenated that entire um, franchise. He's got his son in NFL draft conversation alongside Travis Hunter, who's playing both sides of the ball and doing really good on both. Um, and just watching a little bit of that game and seeing the crowd at the Colorado Stadium, um, it's just crazy how much um, a player coach can, because those would always work out, right, can take a program from just, like, one of the worst in the country to potentially one of the best in the country in just a couple years. Um, and I did want to I did want to start on one thing, because the... I will, I will open this off by saying I probably will say some stupid stuff because I am not a very big uh, college football fan. But one thing that's super, super intriguing to me right off the bat, and I know this isn't super uncommon, but it's the fact that everything I'm seeing is how incredible Travis Hunter is able to play on both sides of the ball. Like, I remember seeing that he played like 139 out of like 160 overall snaps in the TCU game, which is nuts as hell, at least to me. I... I, and obviously I don't know. I don't, he's probably gonna choose a position by the time he gets to the NFL. But the idea of a two-sided player or a player who plays both sides in the NFL, literally, ironically, from memory, I think the first one since like Dion Sanders, <laughs> like which is pretty funny. I. Uh, I'm curious, like, that'd be pretty nuts. I, I, it's not necessarily yeah. a question more than it's just a statement. Like, what, are, what do you think the chances are that he could, if he wanted to, actually pull something like that off? 
Well, I think it depends who's coaching him, right? Um, True. I think part of the reason he's doing it and doing it with so much success is because his coach is Deion Sanders, right? Who obviously yeah. has experience with that. Um, but it's not like he's... Because I believe he is primarily a cornerback and receiver is more of the extra role, but he still has. So again, I, I haven't been watching too much, but I did catch some of the Nebraska game. And there was a play he made that was just so subtle but so great in terms of just knowing how to play the receiver position. Um, it was very tightly contested ball, like the corner was right on him. But he managed to get separation by having his arm on the corner but not extending to where he would get a pass interference call. He just sort of put his arm up to give himself a little bit of space and then faded back to make the catch. Um, and that, that kind of play is just not one that you can take any random player at cornerback and just put them in a wide right receiver. That's a receiver play. Um, and the fact that he's able to do that makes me think maybe it can happen, right? Um, it would be pretty nuts, especially because, I mean, <laughs> I know that I'm going to This is like, this is the same, and I hate myself for saying this, but it's like the Otani thing, right? We're playing two positions at the same time. It's going to make people go absolutely wild. And the, wor- the reason I say I hate making that prediction is because, like, it's the same type of prediction anybody who does not know a sport, like, I don't know college football that well, and I don't know how well that would actually translate to the NFL, so who goddamn knows? I feel like, feel like I have to say take me with a grain of salt before I say half the garbage I'm going to be saying during this segment. But I, I just, God, that'd be fun. That'd be so fun to see in the NFL now. Like, imagine a situation where you could be making the argument that a player could win and this isn't going to happen. I'm just throwing shit out there. But, like, offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same season, that'd be nuts. <laughs> yep. Like, that would be crazy. Oh, Here's hoping yep. that somehow we manage to pull some garbage off because that'd be so fun. Yeah, That would be I mean, so only, fun. The only concern for him at that point is just, like, the chance of him getting injured doing this is, like, Sadly enough, way higher than it would be if he was just I know, guess playing one side of the field. Because he's playing so many snaps, not only you're out there more, there's a higher chance something bad is going to happen, but also like the wear and tear on your body cannot be good for him. Um, but um, who knows? If he's, if he's able to make it work for this season, that could maybe serve as a proof of concept for the future. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like you said, he's mainly a corner. Even, like, coming in, if he came in on, like, every, like, third or fourth snap offensively, as, like, just, like, I, I don't really know what his, his role in the Colorado offense is. I don't know if he's an outside receiver or what have you. But uh, I, I don't know exactly, like, how he plays. That's kind of what I'm saying. But even if he just comes in and plays that role, like, every third or fourth down offensively and then plays every almost every down defensively, like... Even that would be pretty nuts. That'd be nuts. Like, that honestly would be the way that we... If he could make it work and, like, is elite on both sides of the ball at the NFL level, that would be my prediction on how a defensive player... That's how a defensive player finally wins an MVP, by playing offense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like... Kind of of sad to think about, hey? It is, but, like, that... 
that's kind of what I mean, where it's just, it's an idea where, like, it's an idea so out there, but we're actually seeing someone able to succeed at it. Obviously, the college level is very different to the NFL level, but oh, if you could pull it off, that'd be so fun. And it's yeah. it's not going to happen. It's not, I'm going to keep telling myself it's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up, Simon. I want it to happen so bad. I will be in Travis Hunter's corner all of his, his entire damn career if he actually tries to do that, but... He yeah. probably won't. He'll probably before the yeah. draft go. Yeah, I'm a corner. Then that'll be it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll take the like Lamar Jackson route where people try to pigeonhole him into being what he's not. Where Le- people tell Lamar he's a running back and no, I'm a quarterback. People try to pin- pigeonhole him one way. No, I'm both. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Um, but speaking of that college football to NFL pipeline, talking more about Dion. Um, just the, the fact that he's able to, he's already doubled up on Colorado's win total from last year um, in only two games. Um, <laughs> how That's pretty funny. Qui- how quickly, Simon, so he said he said that he's not looking to make a jump to the NFL anytime soon. But, I don't know, with the name recognition that he already has and the success that he's having, it's only a matter of time. How um, much of the success that he's having can be given to the fact that recruits want to play for him because of his name and not necessarily... Like, I, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but how much success do you think is actually him as a genuine coach? Or it's just the talent that he's basically been gifted because he's Deion Sanders? That's my question. That's a, Yeah, that's a tough question to answer because it's really hard to know so on the one hand um obviously the the way you get talent in college is very different from the way you get it in the nfl Um, and that's kind of the reason i bring it up because yeah obviously the thing is if if it is the if his name is the reason that he's getting the talent then he can be a very successful college coach for a long time just off the fact that his name ain't going anywhere people know who Deion sanders is people will continue to know who Deion sanders he will continue to be the the big mouth like a uh, big name guy, like star of a coach. That's not going to change, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the same at the NFL. You can't just grab and pick the entire like all the best recruits and just win. That's not how the NFL works. We've got a draft, we've got free agency, we've got all these things, contracts, what have you. Like it's not the same. And I think uh, it really just depends on how high you are on Dion and his actual system and coaching and just in general style, which I think we can just bring back to, like, because we've seen a lot of reporting on just how, frankly, unorthodox it is because he doesn't put captains on his jerseys. He puts leaders and dogs, <laughs> which I think is awesome. But uh, I think it's the, it really is the question of, like, do you think that, like, buddy-buddy kind of, like, coaching that Dion kind of has where he's, He's kind of like, he's. Well, how do I phrase this? I, it's I don't know if it. I don't know if I don't know if it is buddy buddy. Um, no, but okay. Because what he's I'm, he's okay. still pretty hard on them. I don't know if you saw the clip of the first time he got to Colorado and basically told them like, if you're not comfortable uh, playing for this program, giving it all for me, then you're leaving right now. Like he put this ultimatum out to his players that. Um, and there was a huge amount of roster turnover, and a lot of players left, um, and a lot of new players were brought in. 
Um, and I think that's where that part of the argument goes in terms of the... Okay. Well, I will say I didn't know the talent. Yeah, but I'm just... Basically, that actually makes me feel a lot more confident in his style of coaching because that's a big thing for me. A lot of people in recent years, especially... I'm going to go back to hockey because that's my comfort zone. But in hockey, you've seen it plenty in the last couple of years where people have been making the argument that old-fashioned screaming coach like on the sideline you mess up once you're out like style just doesn't work anymore and your coach kind of needs to be a bit more friendly with you and all that and i i uh i don't know if i fully agree with that i still think that that old school you need to i think at this point you need to have a little bit of you have to have a mix you can't be too hard on your players but you also can't be best friends with them and yeah I'm at that makes me feel a lot better because I did not know that and I will fully admit that. Like I said, not a college football fan, so that makes me a lot more confident, Dylan, because uh, that's a style of coaching that I can appreciate because I truly feel like that works. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. I if that's the truth and he th- and he can make it translate at the NFL level, um, I don't think it'd be that long. But I mean. Who knows? Imagine if he goes up and coaches like next year with his son. He's following his son around. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, um, I feel like that might be how he chooses where he goes. Because his son's, if he continues to play this way, if Shadur continues to play this way, um, then he's going to be drafted highly. And especially like his name recognition is, is going to help him there too. And he also is very talented from what I watched. Um like he's gonna go to a team that will be very bad, um, because he'll be drafted so high. Is Dion able to step in and coach that kind that team right off the bat? Who knows? That um, and that really does just come back to the point that I made before of how much do you really put on Dion and how much do you put around the talent that he's basically being gifted, right? Like it all comes back to that, right? I think that we won't really be able to see how good of a coach Dion is until we see him trying to coach a not very good squad at the NFL level, right? Like, that's when it's really going to come into, everything's going to come together just across the board. So I think it's going to be super interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, I guess past that, what else have we not touched on? Do you think, uh, what? how high do you think, should, you obviously kind of already said it, but how high do you think Shadur Sanders is going to go at the end of the season um, if he keeps on. Okay, it's, it's, because... it's a really... I, I saw him projected as high as a 9. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd believe that yet, just because he hasn't played at the Div 1 level um, for the whole year. And this and this draft is, like, one of the best quarterback drafts we've I seen was in gonna say, time with because... Caleb Williams and Drake May. Um, like one thing that I immediately saw whenever I watched the highlights, like and just like kind of like, because one of my favorite habits is to scroll through the cam- the comment section and see all the d- degenerates that are on the internet. But not you, trick play watcher. You're not a degenerate unless you are. But you're not because you watch us. Unless your takes are really stupid. Don't be stupid. But like, anyway, I every all the comments were like saying like, oh, he looks better than Caleb Williams out there, and he was like, oh, he's yeah, like doing this, and it's like. Well, I I have a hard time believing that. I think there's going to be a lot of hype going into around him going into the draft, which is why I could totally see him projected to go super high and then fall. Because everybody's going to project him to be like a stupid high pick and all the NFL teams 
with actual scouts are going to go like, ah, well, wait a minute. Uh, well, no. Because <laughs> he's do talented. Think, I do th- he's talented, I but do I can see him like going lower. I do think it's something more in between that, though, because, yeah, he is really talented. The other thing I would be shocked about is if um, I'd be shocked if, um, what was I going to say? If he actually declares for the NFL draft next year, um, I think he it would be best for him to show what he can do in Div 1 football for a full two years. Because I'm sure, I'm 99% sure he's got more years of eligibility. I don't think he's that old. I think he can make that happen. Um, if he um, has that opportunity, he should take it. Um, the other thing, like the Caleb Williams comparison... Well, it also it also because... helps that he can make money at the college level now. I know that's already been yeah. talked about a thousand times over. But there's a pretty good realistic chance that he could make more money at the college level than he even would in his first year in the NFL. So, I if he does have the chance to defer to the next season, I... I don't see why he wouldn't like because there's already the risk that and obviously obviously he's not going to want to look at it this way but what if he goes up to the nfl and sucks and makes no money after his first couple of years like i think just the fact that he can dominate college football for a little bit at the at a level where he's really good make some real big dough then go up to the nfl i i don't know that's what i do so maybe maybe there's a little bit more cockiness in there that where he wants to go up there and immediately prove that he can do it with the best, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. And I think to just to end end off the segment because I think the Caleb Williams comparison is interesting if not stupid. Um, <laughs> just 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 to just to point out the gap between them. Um, yeah. USC has played slightly weaker competition, but USC's point totals through their first three games: fifty six, sixty six. 56 um it's a different beast and i mean hey um mark it on your calendars um usc does play colorado in two weeks so oh um, i did not know simon that. simon if there's any game that you want to have you ha- get you into college football maybe that's the one that should be really interesting i have a lot of players that are destined for the nfl especially at the quarterback position so. we'll see what i'm doing that day we'll see how bored i am and <laughs> 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 i'll fully i can any promise regarding watching a thing that i do not normally watch depends on totally on how bored i am so we'll see how it goes yeah. i uh <laughs> yeah i i'm super i don't know where i was going with that i'm super <laughs> that, that's where i'm going with that end of the segment <laughs> immediately lost train of thought okay so uh we've talked quite a lot surprisingly about debrinket this offseason which is not something i necessarily would have had on my bingo card for the nhl but he keeps coming up he keeps popping up and uh we keep having to talk about him and the new thing that came out about him yesterday as of recording this is that he was not happy being behind kachuk in the sens lineup which is a really interesting thing as a former hockey player, and I will get into that. I already mentioned that to you, Caleb, but, and we'll talk about that more. But it seems like his main issue in Ottawa was just the fact that he was a second-line winger, which is really, really interesting because you don't hear a lot of that in the NHL, at least not publicly. So um, I'm curious what you think on that, first off, of just like if you were in his boots being that star guy in Chicago, you 
played next to Patrick Kane right off the bat, pretty much, and you were that big guy. And then you go to Ottawa, and they're like, okay, I want you to slide in on the second line. Like, how, how would you feel on that if you were in his boots, and uh, what do you think on the whole situation? Okay, I mean, I, I think it's incredibly, like, selfish and egotistical. Um, if that's the main reason you're leaving, I would be shocked if that was the main reason he was leaving. I think he probably just didn't like his situation in Ottawa in general. Um, but, like, the the difference that it makes is not that much, and that's kind of what we talked about, and you can give your perspective on that. So, but I'll... I, as I can say, I have played two positions mostly in my... In my... My, uh, with air quotes, hockey career. I have played center, and I have played defense. I hate winger. And uh, not for any real reason. I respect you wingers out there. I just hate your position. Anyway, I uh, whenever I've played center, I have generally been lucky enough to be either the top guy or the second guy. And in my experience, it is not that different, which is why I've never had an issue with it. If I'm the second guy, it's usually because we have a nuts star center that is in front of me. And the funny thing is, we usually get about the same minutes anyway. Because that's how hockey works. Like, the top two lines usually get, like, the same amount of minutes between, like, three or four. And that's, like, at the longest. Once you start getting the third and fourth line, that's when the minutes start to fall off. But if you're still in the top two lines, I, I could never see why you'd want to complain. Like, at that point, it's just a number, right? It's just... Yeah. It's... It's not the same as a basketball depth chart where, like, the difference between the sixth guy and the seventh guy on the, like, bench is going to be a crazy amount of minutes, so you don't want to be the seventh guy. That's different, and I get that. But in hockey, it's a different thing because no matter what you are, as long as you're not fourth-line enforcer drinking beers on the bench, you're going to get those minutes that you want. Like, if you're a good player, like it is, they're going to find a way to get you on the ice for... 20 minutes a game, which is what he'd get anywhere, and it's what he was probably getting in Ottawa. I'm not looking at the stat in front of me, but I refuse to believe that they were would be stupid enough to not give him that. Like, uh, the thing is, you had, they had two very, very good wingers there on the same side, and Brady Kachuk and Dabrinkit. And I don't think saying that Brady Kachuk on that top line necessarily makes him better than Dabrinkit at all. I would take Brady Kachuk over Dabrinkit, but I can say that it's a very close margin, and it's mainly just because I like Brady Kachuk's style more, not necessarily because he's more skilled. But if it is, if what we're hearing is true, then I totally agree with you. I think it's a selfish thing. I think it's 100% just a guy who thinks that it's he needs to constantly be the star and he needs to be that number one guy and he can't just accept the fact that he needs to take a step back and maybe be the number two guy for the team to succeed. Especially in a sport like hockey where team play is so important and you can't get anywhere with mentality like that. I mean, if that's how he looks at the sport, then it's no surprise he's on his third team this early in his career. Yeah. Um, And just to back up what you were saying um, in terms of the fact that there's not that big of a difference, um, uh, the stats back up your anecdote right there because... Based on the amount of total ice time that they got, they both played a full 82-game season. Um, Alex Dabrinkit, in terms of average time on ice per game, according to HockeyReference.com, actually got more time on the ice than Which we, we did talk about before, because I remember you did bring that up. And I think, I mean, we'd have to look into this. I don't, I was not watching a lot of Ottawa games, so I cannot 
confirm or deny the truth of this, I that's probably just because he played more power play and or penalty kill time, which has nothing to but, do with where where you but are still, on the line. Like it, regardless, it does, if he's if he's if he's worried about playing time, yeah, then it's, it's like he's making up for it in these others rules. Um, yeah. Like, if that's the concern, if that's the reason he's leaving Ottawa, it's because I'm not playing enough because I'm stuck behind this guy on the depth chart. That's not an issue because he's actually playing more than the other guy is. So if it's not playing time that's the issue, then what is the issue? Then the issue yeah. must be the fact that his ego is too big um, to handle the fact that he is number two and Brady Kachuk is number one. And if that's the answer, then um, I don't know, man. Um, it's and, so and weird. The other to thing, me. it is it's weird, so weird because it's, it's like so a... counter to everything that hockey is. Because everything well, with hockey culture is always like everything for the team, put the team first. Um, like you never see the, any of this kind of like I'm not getting the minutes I need in hockey as opposed yeah. to other sports. And the funny thing is, like, as somebody who has been in an obscene amount of hockey locker rooms in my day, I I can say that I have met my fair share of egos and players who have issue with their ice time. And uh, I could give you a thousand stories from last season alone in uh, the rec league I played. And there's one that I really want to tell right now, but uh, for my girlfriend's sake, because she'd get mad at me, I won't. Um... I'm trying to I'm trying to think of where I was taking this. Um anyway, I I I have seen players who do get mad about this kind of stuff. And the thing is, I've always and this is me just like as a general standpoint, I I've always tried to take a step back before I get mad about little things like ice time because it's such a weird thing to me getting mad about something like that. And I don't know. It's <sighs> The general, like, you just come off like an asshole, no matter how you do it. Like, uh, like uh, there, I have seen players go a number of ways about trying to show their disgruntlement with how much they've been on ice, including quite literally shoving people out of the way on the bench and jumping on the ice. I've seen that a couple times. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that one's, that one, uh, that one's, that one's an interesting one to, to watch unfold but uh i don't know man it's such a weird thing like you said in hockey it's all about the team and there's a lot of you wouldn't think so but there's a lot of egos in this sport not like basketball sometimes it feels like just like basketball out there but like even then but most people are able to put it aside for a second and go no we need to win in those big moments in those like overtime moments they're able to go no i want him out there because i want to win i want to be playing tomorrow right most people are able to say that which is in the, where yeah. like the where like the hockey player mentality comes from because it's not necessarily that there aren't egos it's just that most players are able to when it all comes down to it sit there for a second and go that guy has a better shot that guy's beat the goalie twice today send him out there for the shootout shot right like for that final shot don't send me out there like most people are able to make that call it's the players who can't, and with that remind me of this whole DeBrinket situation. It's the players who go, why are you sending out the guy who scored 50 goals for us this season instead of me? That's so weird. Why are you doing that? <laughs> it's like that type of thing, right? It's And obviously, like I said, Kachuk's, it's not like Kachuk's a world beater way better than DeBrinket, but 
Yeah, and I, I don't know, maybe that was just his expectation going into it, because for me, with him going into Ottawa, I did think he was going to be, like, the number one star. And he played well, but I, he didn't play well enough to kind of earn that, like, this is the franchise player kind of distinction, mm-hmm. and maybe that's where some of the frustration is coming from. Um, I, because, I, I, again, I, when that trade I happened... I will say, like, I really like Dabrinkit. Like, as a player, I really like him. I've liked him for a long time, too. Like, uh, when he was in Chicago, I was a big fan of him. He played on the Erie Otters, which is something that... And actually played with McDavid, which is something that not a lot of people know. Um, but uh, I did because I like playing with that team on NHL 15. <laughs> which is the only reason I know that. But uh, anyway, the I've always, I've always kind of followed his career a little bit. He's been one of those players for me. And I, I can say going into Ottawa, I didn't see him. I, I saw him as being a top-line forward. But if you had even asked me at the time if I would have predicted him to be above Brady Kachuk, I think I probably would have said... I would have said to you that it's close, but I would have said no. Even back then, I probably would have told you that I still think Brady Kachuk deserves that top-line spot, even just as a leader. Because that, like... We, we obviously saw a lot of... Um, chemistry between him and Stutzel early and I feel like separating that to put yeah. the, uh, the new big star winger big flashy big boy from Chicago on that top line doesn't make necessarily make a lot of sense if like back then I probably would have told you to throw uh, to just make either Kachuk or the uh, Brinkett play on their off wing but I don't know like there's a yeah. lot of things that they, it's it's obviously too late. Whatever's happened, whatever the truth is, it's never going to come out. It, it can't have... It, I just don't think it can have been the only thing. Because either... Because no. it's such There's a semantic a lot of, difference. And even like dry Dreisaitl dry at most points is the second line center. And you could make an argument that he's like top five players Malkin in the league. I think that's not that hard of a... has been a second line center his entire career. And nobody looks at him different for it. Yeah, he's still going to go to the Hall of Fame as one of the best like, there players was a of this lot last of, there de- was, decade. Malkin won an like an Art Ross as a second line center. Nobody talks yeah. about that, but it's true. The line that you're right. on does not like like unless that unless mean you're, you're any less third valuable fourth, of a player, it doesn't matter that much. You're gonna get the opportunities. Like uh, that's. That's why they have lines like this because they're going to. If you have a super talented second line, you're going to play them just about as much as you play your first line. And based on the numbers we have, disregarding penalty kill or whatever, but even if it is the penalty you wanna, kill... Itself, if you want an even bigger difference. stat, like you said with Dreisaitl and McDavid, look up their minutes. Compare that. Because that'd be another interesting thing, right? Because I think that's an even better way to look at Because sure, you can compare Kachuk and Dabrinkit, but they have two different roles in the offense, right? Both Dreisaitl and McDavid, would they're similar enough where I'd probably be saying they would be getting the same amount of power play and penalty kill time, if I were to guess. So that'd yep. probably be more accurate, right? Like, uh, take a peek at that. I bet if there's a difference at all, it'll be a minute. It is less than a minute. Yep. It is about like, a 40-second 40, a 40 difference per game. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to play the same. It's just the difference between number one and number two. And sure... Like, maybe that adds a little bit, because there's all... Whenever we talk about Melkin's career when he's in the Hall of Fame, everybody's going to bring up Crosby, and that's how it is. But that's how anybody is. Whenever anybody talks about yeah. Crosby's career, everybody's going to bring up Melkin, right? Like, 
Yeah, because and that's how like, it is. Like Mark, Mark Messier, you, you could take this back even further. Like when every there time you go. Mark Messier, people are going to br- bring up Gretzky. Um, when, but when people talk about Gretzky, they're going to bring up Messier too, inevitably at some point, right? Yeah. Um, like it's just, such it's a not a bad thing to, to be connected to another player. Like it is such a dumb thing to care about. And I just can't see this as the reason why he's wanted to leave Ottawa. Obviously there's something there where he did not want to be still there. Because think even it's the with rumor of him not wanting to be in Canada. I still I I, I think, think there's a lot be. more merit to that rumor that we heard earlier in the summer, which we talked about when we first talked about him. I would be a lot more willing to believe that one. I think that's uh that's probably what it is, especially considering like everything that was going on even around the trade rumors where I remember there's people who wanted Calgary to go out and get him. There was like I think Calgary was the main uh, Canadian team I was hearing, so I'll stick to that one. I'm trying. I I was, tr- I was thinking there's another one, but I guess I'm wrong. And like immediately, Calgary was ruled out. Which whether it's just because Calgary never trades for players that they should should should, or it's because he didn't want to go to Calgary just outright. Like, uh, I I just think there's probably some merit there about American player wants to play in America. And like, also, also Michigan born player wants to play in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that's also probably the case. It's there's probably a lot of things there. I I think there's we're to really get a good insight on this whole thing, and what the real case was. We'll just have to see what happens in Detroit. We'll have to see what happens this next season. If the rumors catch up again and it's clear it's to brink it and he's a cancer, he'll be out of the league in five years. I bet because it doesn't matter how much talent you have, you in the the NHL you will be tossed out if you're a cancer for the most part, because people just won't yeah. watch you. Maybe someone and will give I, you a chance, but it's just, if you suck in the locker room... I mean, yeah. I, I do think I do think the one thing that kind of makes these rumors seem a little bit less plausible is, like, it's not like we've heard about Debrinket being a cancer or bringing anything, or even, like, Tim Stutzla on the way out. Like, could, again, it could be, like we talked about before, it could be just hockey talk, but complimenting his character, saying he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, again, well, I mean, we, we, can, we, don't we can know. read the full quote. Like I, if um, we want to quickly, I don't. We didn't. Yeah. Do so he, so he I, said, I, um, I have, I have it. He said, Stutzla said on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast recently, if he doesn't want to be there, I don't want to make him be there. Um, that's fine to us. I think the whole group. We've been saying it. We want him to stay. We want him to be a part of this group, and he's a great guy, great player. But if you don't want to be there, then good luck on your way. Yeah, that is pretty much the hockey player mentality right there in one quote. Like, uh, either get on the, get on the train or get out. (laughs) Like, uh, you can't, you can't be halfway on, halfway off, right? Like, uh, you gotta believe in the group. Just comes down to that, right? And, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if I have much to say other than that. I feel like I've said everything I wanted to say. Uh. Yeah. I think, um... But I'd say I'd say the same too. I think we've pretty much covered it all. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see now that he's in a situation where he actually wants to be in, um, where he chose his team. Because the in the past it's not like he chose to be traded to Ottawa. It's not like he chose to be drafted by Chicago. And now that he's in a place where he wants to be. It, will he be okay if there's another superstar that comes in and he has to play more of a secondary role? Is that as big of an issue as it seems in this rumor? Um, only time will tell. Um, 
it's certainly an interesting topic to talk about, not just with the Brinkett, but just as a role in a team in general. Um, with this debate around ice time, it seems so stupid and a lot around semantics. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a reason we've talked about the Brinkett so much this offseason, just because it is a really interesting scenario. So we'll see how it all plays out in Detroit. Yep, for sure. I, uh... The thing is with this stuff, it's probably overblown. It's uh, it is, I, it is the the dead of the off season. There's a reason yeah. we've only been talking about NFL. Um, there's not. Debrinket is a weird player to only be talking about too. Like he's not a bad player, but he's not like <laughs> he's nothing crazy. <laughs> like uh, we've had like three or four segments on him at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he would not have been my pick for uh, who we'd be talking about the most in the NHL side of things. It's no. really just been him. It really has. <laughs> God. 30 more days till hockey's back. 30-ish. 31? Uh, 31. Yeah, something like that. It starts mid-October, so we're getting close. I saw the Flames post, like, Dustin Wolf. It's Dustin Wolf amount of days, like, a couple days ago. Like, maybe a day ago. Okay. So it's probably 30-31. Okay. Nearly there. Nearly there until I get to watch my Flames suck for another year. It's going to be great. So hey, there you go. It's so fun. Yep, it's gonna be great. Hopefully, my only hope I think this year. Well, the Flames might be okay. The my only hope is that uh, the Lakers are all right, which I think they will be this year. So that's good. Seahawks are probably gonna suck <laughs> after that first game. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? It's week, it's week one. 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 You know what? It's week one. You know what is our only hope? And I blame Pete Carroll. I think he's a terrible coach because I think the mistakes of this franchise go back to last season, week one. Pete Carroll made a big mistake. You know who he should have started and should still be starting? Drew f***ing Locke. Drew Locke Locke is the future of this franchise. (laughs) If we ever get to a point where Drew Locke is actually starting... Take me behind the barn and shoot me. <laughs> week six. That's my prediction. Drew Locke by week six. <laughs> oh. Well, that's it for the segment. Caleb fucked off. Probably to go have a... Uh, Wet dreams about the idea of Drew Locke as starting quarterback for the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, that's a good end to a hockey segment. Even when we're talking about hockey, we're talking about football. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shoot me now. Okay. Good segment. We did it. We talked about something that wasn't football. We should get a trophy. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in this week. Hopefully you enjoyed us talking a little bit um, about not NFL and a little bit about NFL. Uh, We struck a better balance than last week. So continue to tune in as we continue to improve. Uh, We'll be back next week with more um, coverage of the NFL and hopefully other stuff happens in other sports. Um, We're a little bit... It's a little bit... uh, doldrums of the off season for every other sport ever so um 
hopefully once we get into October and things start picking up, we'll have a lot more to talk about, so stay tuned until then. Otherwise, we're going to be recapping the rest of the NFL throughout the season. You can see me continue to suffer as my Seahawks continue to um, be terrible in every conceivable way. Um, so follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all the good places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know where to find us. Follow us there. Um, with that being said, um, I want to give my shout-out for the week, and I had my shout-out for the week ready as soon as we finished recording last week's episode, because I think this is amazing. Um, we've talked about Shohei Otani a lot. Here, I'm getting baseball in the podcast. Oh, there we're we go. It. Oh, we're right, saving yeah. it for the end. Um, so Shohei Otani, you know, he's had his injury issues. Um, obviously, wish him the best. Hopefully, he recovers. Um but I don't know if it's the injury issues or if it's, like, contract dispute or, like, whatever it is. For some reason, he was not available on Angel's photo day. So they just decided to grab a random white guy from, I don't know, <laughs> if it's their equipment staff or whatever, to just put on Otani's jersey and say, you are him for the photo, go out there and smile. And my shout-out for the week is for that guy because... Most people, they say everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame for 15 minutes. That guy was the best baseball player in the world, and nobody Damn can right. take that away from him. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Props to him. Good good job. I my my shout-out goes to White I, I have two shout-outs. I have two shout-outs. I'm going to keep my, uh, my trend of doing my drink of the day. It is uh, not San Pellegrino, shockingly, this week. Uh, shout-out to friend of the podcast, Emil Baguette. For introducing me to Pure Leaf Mango Hibiscus. I have drank this entire thing in two days. It's a problem. That's alright. Um, I also have San Pellegrino here. I was drinking that during the football game. Another shout-out. My other shout-out because uh, is to these sunglasses that I pulled off my shelf. I've had these forever. These are just something I kind of keep on my shelf because I like them. And uh, they're very messed up. It's going to show that. That's what I put on my nose. I don't know if you can see the struggle of trying to put that put them on my face because I did not plan that previously. Yeah, that was fun. I'm gonna but yeah. Third shout out to wearing sunglasses inside. It's another reason you should follow the Trick Play podcast because we do that. We're those kind of people. We do that. Yeah. We do that. We do. We're that hold cool. hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Wearing hold sunglasses up, inside. Up. Oh fuck yeah. There we go. We're wearing sunglasses inside. That's how you know this is a cool podcast. No nerds friends. allowed. We chew gum in class. <laughs> okay, that's it. Go watch something else. Or watch yeah. more trick play. There's more funny stuff on, like, TikTok and shit. You can watch other stuff. Yeah. We have, we're everywhere, like it. you said. Yeah. Bye-bye. Go do it. Bye. See ya. Mm.